Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a wonderful joy for me to be here with you on this lovely day, February 23rd, the Feast of St. Polycarp. Did you know that? It's the Feast of St. Polycarp. Uh, and a beautiful day outside today. And I, I sit in my office, and I, I have um, you know, a drain pipe running down outside my office, and I, I hear a lot of... Lot of uh, dripping out there, so hopefully a lot of melting going on. And if you look at the long-range forecast in the next couple of weeks, upper 40s and 50s, so maybe we won't see any more snow. Or if we see a March snow, that doesn't really last that long. So spring is just around the corner, and uh, we look forward to that. I know I do anyway. Anyway, I hope you have your, a blessed day. I hope you had a great weekend. And I thank you, as always, for being a part of my day, my friends, uh, here on these uh, domestic church media Catholic radio stations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and really all over the world because we stream on all sorts of different audio platforms and even video platforms. If you are listening live at 4.01 on this February 23rd, you can actually watch the program on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. You can also watch the program on our Facebook page at Facebook dot com slash domestic church media. We're also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And if you have our free mobile app, which I hope you have downloaded, it's free. There's no reason not to download it. It's free. And it has all sorts of resources and information, everything about domestic church media, but so much so much more. You can actually watch the program right there on your mobile app, on your tablet, your phone, however you download the app. So all kinds of ways. And you know, my friends, I'm so excited. I'm bubbling over, looking forward to telling you some news, but I can't yet. <laughs> but uh, the Lord is really, he's doing great things and, uh, and and expanding our reach. And so I'm excited about a, a particular project that uh, will come to fruition, God willing, this year, within a month or two. So anyway, keep that in prayer. And also pray... Well, I have a special intention personally. Just pray for that, if you would, when we do our prayers. And also, um, for the apostolate, <laughs> we, you know, these months, uh, January, February, March, always very difficult for us financially. And again, I, I, you know, it's the worst part of my job, but I have to throw it out there. The Lord is going to hold me accountable, so I have to make make our needs known to you uh, financially that we are right now. And again, one of those scary, scary parts of our year, and uh, we need to make up some ground here. So if you haven't yet had a chance to send in a donation this month, or if you do regularly, we certainly appreciate that, and you can add a few extra bucks uh, February, March. That would be a big help to us um, just because we need it. <laughs> I wouldn't ask you for it if we didn't need it. Trust me. 
trust me. So uh, pray about that as well. Today, it is Tuesday, of course, and uh, on Sunday, uh, Holy Father Pope Francis um, gave a teaching in his Angelus message on the first Sunday of Lent, saying that Christian life is a battle against the spirit of evil. And I want to talk about that. And then I, th- I found an article. You know, one of the things, I, th- I think I mentioned this to you last week when I was listening to the EWTN Mass for Ash Wednesday in, 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 in the general intercessions. One of the prayers prayed that day on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, was to heal broken relationships. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. We're going to talk about the devil. <laughs> We've got to talk about the devil because he's very active. His fingerprints are all over the place in our current culture, aren't they? Um, but his greatest, one of his greatest tactics and weapons is that of division. And when that division begins in families and expands out into other close relationships, friends, acquaintances, they're really work, working, whatever it is, and there's a brokenness, he loves that. So I found something uh, from Father Jim Blount, who's a, a holy priest, uh, and he's done a lot of dealings with the devil himself, but he was talking about, in this little article that I'll share with you a little later on, uh, teaching four steps to forgive. So as we move forward with the program, think about perhaps in your own life uh, relationships that you had or have had or maybe in the middle of, but there's a brokenness there. There's a fracturing. Listen to these four steps to forgive. So we'll get to that later on in the program. Let's first pray, my friends. And as always, I do thank you for being here with me and praying with me. And as always, we pray for all of your intentions. And as I I said, if you would please pray for a special intention of mine, personal intention, uh, but also uh, pray for the apostolate, because we do need we need to kind of amp up that uh, monthly financial donor base. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out a nice way to say it without sending crass, but we need you to support us. That's that's the bottom line. So let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And of course, we're praying this beautiful prayer of consecration to the Holy Family, which are free to you. We're happy to send them to you. I'll tell you at the end of the prayer how you can get your copies. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O St. Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves to and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous towards those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church. 
where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And let's pray our prayers to St. Michael and also the beautiful ancient prayer to Our Lady uh, that Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray over two years ago. He said, please pray these prayers every day with the specific intention of protecting the church against the attacks of the devil. And, of course, we added to that to protect our country from the attacks of the devil, and we can add to protect our families from the attacks of the devil. Because that's, as uh, Sister Lucia said before she was called home to the Lord, the final battle. You know, Sister Lucia, the, the seer, one of the seers at Fatima, before she passed away, she said one of the final, the, the final battle will be for the family, between good and evil, will be for the family. So we pray uh, these prayers to protect our family from the attacks of Satan. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, St. Polycarp, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, I thank you for being a part of my day, our day here at the Apostolate. And uh, here we are, the 23rd of February already, which means... I guess the last day of February is Sunday, the 28th, and the first Monday of February is the Monday coming up. And that means our dear friend Bruce DeBacco will be here with uh, Come to the Throne live at 3 o'clock to pray with you over the air. A wonderful hour that we open up the big domestic church media prayer tent and invite you to come in and pray with Bruce for all of your special needs and intentions. That's this coming Monday live at 3 o'clock right here on these domestic church media stations. And I know Bruce looks forward to it. We didn't have it this year, this uh, month, uh, because of the way schedules uh, went. I guess one of the first uh, Monday in February was a, uh, a snow day. <laughs> and then the third Monday, uh, Cheryl and I were on vacation, so we weren't here. But anyway, I know it's going to—the month seems to have shot by uh, pretty fast, so that's good. Um, but that means that Bruce will be here Monday, March 1st, this coming Monday, live at 3 o'clock. So uh, we certainly invite you to call in and pray with Bruce. We'll get the information out to you, how you can email or text uh, during the program as well. I know Bruce and Linda, who answers the phone and also prays along uh, behind the scenes, uh, they both look forward to being here. And we are so grateful to Bruce and Linda DeBacco for their friendship and being a part of our domestic church media family and sharing their gifts that way. And that's what it's all about, my brothers and sisters. It's all about sharing gifts. You know, there's, as I said earlier, and uh, you look around our current culture, and you see the fingerprints of Satan all over it uh, these days especially. You know, even with the virus, and I'm not one that says the virus came from Satan. Uh, I don't know, but it may have. 
but even if it did not come from him directly, he's certainly using it to his advantage. Uh, he's using it to divide people. He's using it to divide families. He's using, I mean, it's just, it's a horrible thing. The good news is, and I, you may have been reading this, and I'm reading, you know, depending on your source of information, but uh, many, many uh, reliable sources that I've read, you know, uh, articles um, have said that the uh, numbers of cases and deaths uh, attributed to the coronavirus have decreased by 50, 60, 70 percent over the past few weeks. Um, a lot of, let's say, herd immunity going on. People like Cheryl and me, both who had the virus, we're immune. People who are getting their vaccines uh, becoming immune. So some reports, there was one doctor I read uh, an article um, over the weekend uh, from Johns Hopkins, a, a, a physician there, who felt that the whole thing had be gone by April, which would, be, <laughs> would that be great. Other uh, doctors, a little bit more conservative, saying, well, maybe not by April, but certainly by June or July. So let's just keep praying this thing out of here and get back to normal. It's been a horrible thing. As I said, we said the other day on uh, the Friday program, you know, the whole year has been like a year of Lent. We've had to give up so much and make many, many sacrifices. So let's just keep praying that away. Uh, it is a horrible thing. But beyond the, the virus, just in, in culture itself, um, you know, there's a lot of hatred in the world today, just a lot of, a lot of hate. Uh, people are angry, uh, whether it's a result of the virus or not, I'm not sure, but, but people are angry. There's a lot of anger toward each other. And as I said, you see the, the fingerprints of Satan all over that, not to mention just other, the culture itself through, you know, uh, abortion, euthanasia, uh, addictions, these types of things where Satan, is, his hand is very strong and all that, obviously. But, you know, as I pray about that and I think about that and I think about what we do here at the Apostolate, and as I said, you know, we're, we're, we're going to grow. The Lord is asking us to even grow, even more than we have already here at the Apostolate, to do more, to reach more people, uh, because we have to take seriously the Lord's great commission before he ascended into heaven, where he said, go and make disciples of all nations. You know, and we have the, the, the ability through technology, the power by God's grace in this apostolate, to have the gospel proclaimed literally around the world. <laughs> literally, we do. Anybody, anywhere on the face of the planet can pick up these broadcasts 24-7, one way or another, and hear the proclamation of the joy of the gospel. And it's just us. There are many, many other wonderful apostolates out there, many, many wonderful ministries out there, and we are the disciples of this age, my friends, called to be diligent in living out our baptismal call, to reaching out to as many people as possible, to make disciples of all who we meet, to share the good news, to give witness to who we are as members of the mystical body of Christ. And that's so important. Here we have an enormous opportunity at the Apostolate because we can reach, as I said, through all the various platforms that we use and all the various media that we use, and some even more is coming, that we can reach millions and millions and millions of people. That's why when I come to you and I say, please help us, <laughs> it's because we need you. 
You know, you may not be able to come and sit behind a microphone or sit behind the control board here or do other things that we do. And you say, what can I do? Just support us financially. Pray for us, first of all, first and foremost. But, but support us financially because that's how we can do these things. And like any other operation or business, we need funding in order to pay the bills, to pay the electric bill, the insurance, all the other stuff we have to pay for. And we don't sell commercial time. You know that. We don't sell ads. We can't. We're nonprofit. We're non-commercial. We depend completely on the providence of God through you. So again, my friends, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make a donation online or the address is there. You can send a check to us. Um, but we do need you to be generous these next couple of months, these next few months, because it's going to be tough. Before you know it, it'll be summertime, and that's another bottoming out that, that occurs. Uh, so please pray about that and help us in any way you can. I really ask you that from the bottom of my heart. Now let's go to Holy Father. This was from a Sunday, his Angelus message. And of course, Sunday's gospel, as it is every first Sunday of Lent, is the temptation of our Lord, where Satan comes to him and tempts him. Uh, and of course, this the Gospel of Mark, out of all the accounts, is the shortest, you know, not a lot of detail, but but we know what happens, and we got the gist of it, obviously. Holy Father, in his Angelus message, said, like Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert, Christians must be prepared to battle evil, knowing that with faith, prayer, and penance, the victory is ensured. We're all tempted. And Holy Father reminded us that, but if we have faith and we pray and we do penance, our victory over that evil is assured. He reflected on the day's gospel from St. Mark, which said, and quoted from the gospel, the Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. And during these 40 days, Holy Father said, which take place immediately after our Lord's baptism, the duel between Jesus and the devil begins, which will end with the passion and the cross. Holy Father said Christ's entire ministry is a struggle against the evil one in its many manifestations, healing from illnesses, exercising the possessed, forgiving sins. He said it was a, a, a fight. Every year at the beginning of Lent, the Holy Father said, the gospel of the temptations of Jesus in the desert remind us that the life of the Christian in the footsteps of the Lord is a battle against the spirit of evil. And you know, again, because of the sin of our first parents, and we're born with uh, original sin that's washed away in the waters of baptism, but we still have the remnants of that sin. We still tend toward sin. We still lean in that direction. The church calls it concupiscence, attending toward sin. It's a battle for us our entire life, isn't it? We go through it, I mean, <laughs> no matter how hard we try. In fact, the harder we try to remain holy, the harder the enemy comes after us because he can't stand that. He hates it. I started reading, and I, you know, I, and I, I, I don't want to give the devil more credit than he's due, but we can't ignore the fact that Satan is very real. He does exist, and a third of the angels created by God, who disobeyed him, were cast out of heaven. Those demons 
all spirit, are present in the world. Jesus said that Satan is the prince of this world. Our Lord said that. So, you know, I, I always think of the temptation in the desert where Satan offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if our Lord would just bow down to Satan. But, and I always think, well, that means Satan has control over all those kingdoms of the world. Look at what's going on in the world today. Look at what's going on with all the countries of the world, our, our own included. You know, I was in the studio here a little earlier today, and, uh, and, and Mother, that spot rerun with Mother Angelica where she was talking about abortion, and it was, she was talking about partial birth abortion. And, you know, the, the procedure of a partial birth abortion is, is heinous. It is demonic where the doctor, and I say that lightly, anybody who would do this, punctures the back of the baby's head and they vacuum out, suck out the brains. That's how they destroy this life. That's from hell. That's from Satan himself. And it's legal in this country and around the world. People are numb, maybe, to the the reality of it and don't want to believe that it's happening. But it is. And that's just one example of, of one type of situation. It's the most heinous that I can think of. The... the so you see Satan's fingerprints all over our culture. And the battle is real. Even as it comes to you and me. And it becomes even more of a struggle as as I said earlier, we strive to a a greater holiness in our life. Satan wants us to, you know, do it his way. And so he'll come after us, not to be afraid of him. You know, it was, uh, uh, I guess it was the cure of ours who said that Satan is like a very vicious dog on a short chain. You know, he's a large bark and growl, but he can't hurt us unless we allow ourselves to get too close to him. And that short chain means nothing because he'll rip our hand off <laughs> and, other, and do other damage. The, the key is to stay away. Now, Holy Father uh, said, again, getting back to our Lord's temptation in the desert, it shows us that Jesus willingly faced the tempter, and defeated him. And at the same time, it reminds us that the devil is granted the possibility of acting on us too with his temptations. He said, the Holy Father said, we must be aware of the presence of this astute enemy who seeks our eternal condemnation, our failure to prepare to defend ourselves against him and to combat him. The grace of God assures us with faith, prayer, and penance 
of our victory over the enemy. And, you know, Satan is, is very, very smart. He's smarter than us. He's a fallen angel, and angels have a super intellect. Can't read our minds. He, he can only know what God allows him to know interiorly. But he has such a keen intellect, he can almost not predict, but, but know what we're tending toward, perhaps. And he knows our weaknesses, he knows our vulnerabilities, and he'll always come at us at our most vulnerable moments. If he sees one little clink in that armor, he's going to go right after it, and he knows. He's a great shot. So we have to be constantly aware of his presence, not to fear him, nothing to be afraid of, as long as we stay away from him. And I, I can't think of the saint uh, who said it. I'm going to para- have to paraphrase the quote. But there's no, no terror on earth like the terror that a demon has at the name of the Blessed Mother. Fears her. Because we know, and uh, the book of Revelation tells us that she's going to crush his head. So call upon Our Lady, call upon St. Joseph, who we give the title of, in the litany, Terror of Demons. We have a very powerful uh, force of friends in the spiritual realm, our guardian angel, other angels and saints who can come to our defense and do battle with us against the enemy. Can't do it alone because the devil's a lot stronger than we are. But if we stay away from him, stay in the state of grace, stay away from sin, don't give him any time, don't give him the time of day. The Holy Father said that he was reflecting on Sunday, of course, all this took place in the desert, He said this natural and symbolic environment is so important in the Bible. The desert is the place where God speaks to the heart of the human person and where the answer to prayer flows. That is, the desert of solitude. The heart detached from other things and alone in that solitude opens itself to the Word of God. You know, as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, I shared with you last week when Cheryl and I were on vacation a couple weeks ago, um, and every time we visit the uh, the Phoenix area, we take that drive about an hour and a half outside of Phoenix into the desert to the beautiful monastery. The Poor Clares of Perpetual Adoration, Mother Angelica's Order, has a beautiful monastery called Our Lady of Solitude, and it is literally out in the middle of the desert. I mean, there's nothing around. And you can see why, and as cloistered nuns, what great what a great environment they have for prayer in their solitude. We counted five nuns and one postulant uh, when we went to Mass there last uh, Valentine's Day. And, of course, they were behind the grate, but we could see when they went for communion and we counted there were five nuns and one postulant, and they're all out there all by themselves. And it, it literally is in the middle of, of the Sonoran Desert. It's out. It's out. Uh, you're in the desert. But what great solitude, and Holy Father said that, the the desert of solitude, the heart detached from other things and alone in that solitude opened itself to the Word of God. He said, do not be afraid of the desert, 
look for more moments of prayer, of silence, to enter ourselves. Do not be afraid. And there, too, again, we need to create that desert of solitude in our own uh, spiritual life. Find that place where we can go and, and detach ourselves from the world and the things of the world to commune with God. And Holy Father said Satan may try to take advantage of our weaknesses and our needs with his lying voice. We are called to walk in God's footsteps, renewing our baptismal promises, renouncing Satan and all his works and all his empty promises. And that's, we, you know, we, we pray that in our, uh, well, it's, I guess it's Easter Sunday when we renew our baptismal promises. And we're told, you know, we're asked, and we should be responding in the affirmative, do you renounce Satan and all his works? I do. Because in the end, bottom line in all of this, in the end, we'll be one of two places, heaven or hell, forever. It's not, you know, that's why this whole idea of reincarnation is, is, is to be obviously disbelieved. There's no such thing as reincarnation. When we leave this world, our immortal soul will be one of two places. Do we choose to be with God for all eternity or do we choose to be eternally separated from him and his love and spend our eternity in the pits of hell? Horrible thing. God's not going to send us there. We're going to choose to go there. This is the beauty of this season of Lent. It reminds us, talks very openly about the presence of evil in the world, about the presence of the being who is Satan and his, his uh, demons, the fallen angels, that are very present and very active and very real. Nothing to fear. Just don't get too close. Stay in the state of grace. The temptations will come. Nothing sinful about a temptation. The sin occurs depending on how we respond to that temptation. Let's take a break. I'm going to come back. And I said there's this uh, wonderful article from uh, Father James Blount, who is an exorcist, Four Steps to Forgive. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come. I'll be right back. culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in his church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Father Benedict Groeschel. There are legitimate differences of opinion in any religion. There are differences of opinion in Catholicism. But in Catholicism, you expect that people will take the teaching of its supreme authority seriously. 
to go diametrically opposed to those teachings is to not be a Catholic. Someone in the name of Catholicism is sponsoring the destruction of human life, lives of unborn children. And they got the name Catholic on the door. The highest authority in Catholicism and the encyclical Humanae Vitae, Evangelium Vitae, is absolutely clear that no Catholic can support abortion and that Catholics are responsible to take serious action against legalized abortion. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Our blessed Lord considered the three possible forms of church government. The democratic would be one in which a majority vote decides, in which everyone has an entirely different opinion of what is to be. The aristocratic is an appeal not so much to the majority or to the masses, but rather an, an appeal to an aristocracy, a house of parliament, a senate, a congress, a house of lords. And the theocratic is one in which God chooses one man as he chose Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and guides and protects and directs this man. Peter holds the primacy, primacy not only of honor but also of jurisdiction over the church. He is the vicar of Christ, he is the first pontiff, he is the first pope. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Bishop Robert Barron on the priesthood. For the first thousand years there were married priests within the church. There still are married priests under certain circumstances, you know, so it's not absolutely necessary. However, I'm a supporter of it, and I wouldn't want us to move in the direction of kind of a, hey, you know, optional, some do it, some don't. I get it. And I, I go back to Paul, and it's Paul's words that are actually in the ordination ritual, you know, about an undivided life, undivided life, a total gift. I have nothing but the greatest respect for married people. In fact, when I hear the term heroic sanctity, when they talk about saints, I think of parents right away, you know, who give themselves to their kids. But there's something, I think, pure and simple and undivided about the life of celibacy. It's a radical conformity unto the celibate Christ. Why am I celibate? My ultimate answer, because Jesus was, and I'm conformed to him. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Little Silver to Lower Makefield. Rumson to Roebling. Washington Crossing to West Long Branch. Eatontown to Englishtown. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. All righty, welcome back on this lovely February 23rd. The Feast of St. Polycarp. I'm happy to have you here, my friends, and uh, thank you for being a part of my day and allowing me to be a part of your day. And we are going to go to a, a uh, an article about, well, actually it, was, it wasn't actually written by, but uh, Father Jim Blount, who is a member of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, who is an exorcist, does a lot of dealings with the devil, uh, is going to teach about four steps to forgive. And as I said earlier, you know, one of the greatest weapons and tactics of Satan is to divide. And maybe you have in your life, you know, there's a fracture, been a fracture or, or a complete disintegration of a relationship, a brokenness, uh, whether it be family or a close friend. Um, 
and that's going to require requires forgiveness. Uh, Father Blount's going to give four steps to forgive. So stay where you are. I'll share that with you. Before we do that, um, I was checking out our bulletin board page on our website, and just want to remind you, I'm seeing there are things being posted now, uh, virtual things. Uh, so check it out because um, you know even though there's very few, if any, uh, live in person. Uh, events taking place. Lent is a great time to participate in spiritual activity. Check out our bulletin board because there are some online virtual Zoom things going on. You can check it out and participate in. And I also want to, again, you know, we have in our main facility here in Ewing um, about a tenth of a mile driveway from the main road back here to the building in the parking area. And uh, we've had more snow in the past <laughs> month uh, than we've had in years, I think. Remember the past two years, we, we didn't have anything, I don't think. So we weren't in need of snow removal. But this year, we have been. And uh, without that snow removal, we can't get back here to do what we have to do. So I do want to thank uh, Exquisite Landscape and the president of that company, Joe Pierre Leonardi Jr., and they're out of uh, Yardville, New Jersey here, exquisite landscape. Uh, out of the goodness of their heart, every time it's snowed and we've had a snowstorm, they've come back here and plowed our driveway and plowed our parking area uh, with no charge. And I hear numbers being thrown around by some of the uh, parishes and things and the, the amount of money it costs them to get their snow removal. We're very blessed. Again, exquisite landscape uh, from Yardville, New Jersey, Joe Pierre Leonardo, uh, Leonardi Jr., who's the president. Uh, they do land design, lawn servicing, tree service, hardscaping, all types of uh, wonderful landscaping as well um, in Yardville, exquisite landscape. They come over and they plow our driveway and plow our parking area, and we want to thank them. And we know you will join us in thanking them as well. Uh, their phone number is 609-712-5111. Again, their number is 609-712-5111. Exquisite landscape in Yardville, New Jersey. Um, we thank them, and I know you want to thank them as well for, because it saves us a lot of money. Uh, for them, come, by them coming over here and doing this for us, uh, you know. So, exquisite landscape, Yardville, New Jersey. Uh, Joe Pierre Leonardi Jr., President. Thank you so much. Six zero nine seven one two five one one one. All right. So, uh, Father Jim Blount, he's got a lot of. He's got, become very popular. He and his brother. Um, let's see, Jim and. I can't think of his brother's name, but they're the brother, the, the father's Blount. They're both priests. Um, but sometimes, Father Blount said, there are spiritual realities at work that may be blocking us. Uh, as an exorcist, he's devoted uh, to a ministry of healing and deliverance. And he said, sometimes there is no desire to forgive. Sometimes the desire to forgive is incomplete. Sometimes even... There's a spirit of unforgiveness in the family. In such cases, it is necessary to ask God for the grace to want to forgive, for the strength 
and love to be able to forgive. And I bet that everybody watching, listening right now, in the course of our life, your life, my life, there has been at least one person or more, whether it be family or close friend, where at one point the relationship became fractured and broken. And over something, something real, something serious, something that needs to be forgiven, something that needs, or whether it be a misunderstanding or, but you know, sometimes, usually when a, a relationship becomes completely broken, it's over something that is very real to one or to one of the other parties or both parties that created that. But Father Blount said, as an exorcist, sometimes th the, the desire to forgive is incomplete. Sometimes there's a spirit of unforgiveness in the family. You know, we hear about these long-term generational healings that are necessary. Well, Father Blount said, we can cooperate with God's grace in the process of forgiving, and he recommends the following four steps of forgiveness in order to forgive utterly, completely, and in a saintly matter, a manner. So these are the four steps from Father Blount on forgiveness. He says, make an act of the will. The first step requires the will. Forgiveness begins with an act of the will. That is to say, we choose freely to forgive. And he says, forgiveness is not based on feelings or emotions. It's a decision. We can have any number of feelings or thoughts, but it's our will that determines forgiveness. It's a decision to do something, to commit oneself to let the past go. Thoughts and emotions help us to arrive at the right decisions, but it is ultimately our decisions that determine our lives. He said we make decisions to forgive through the healing grace of Jesus Christ. We do as he says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And Father Blount says, if we don't have mercy on others, we inhibit the mercy he promises to extend to us. Just as Christ forgave his persecutors on the cross, we forgive others who may have harmed us. We can forgive anyone parents, other family members, priests, teachers, or anyone else who has ever hurt us, but only through the grace offered by Jesus and by a firm commitment of our will. And he said, and listen to this now, for those of you who may be in this situation, to decide to forgive, make an, make an act of the will with this prayer. I forgive you in the name of the person, in the name of Jesus Christ, now and forever. Very simple. Make that act of the will. I forgive you and name the person in the name of Jesus Christ now and forever. That's the first step. Second step. Bless those who persecute you. In the second step, Father Blount says, we bless those who harmed us. Here we return a blessing for a curse. Christians never return a curse for a curse. Instead, we return a blessing. I think of uh, 
that line from Fiddler on the Roof, you know, my my favorite play since I played Tebya almost 50 years ago. <laughs> almost 50 years ago. I can't believe that. But they were quoting from Scripture, as they did throughout the, that wonderful play, uh, talking about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And Tevye, in his wonderful wisdom, said, great, that way the whole world will be blind and toothless. <laughs> if we follow that philosophy, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Father Blount says that Christians never return a curse for a curse. Instead, we return a blessing. He said, it may be the case that the person who harmed me spoke a curse toward me. This is known as a word curse. Word curses can be very powerful. Whenever someone in authority curses, it is harmful. A mother, a father, husband, older sibling. This also applies to employers or teachers. Those in power should use their lips to bless. But if they instead curse, it is diabolical. Father Blount said, we have to reverse it, and we have to do so by blessing them. This is the most important step to forgiveness. The anger and hatred of our wounds, I'm sorry, the, the, the anger and hatred of our wounds leave by the act of blessing. Blessing melts the ice of the heart. Blessing releases the poison. Blessing heals the heart. The blessing we give should be rich and bounteous. The blessing, by blessing someone, we declare that we want for them all that God wants for them. Blessing is an extension, an expression rather, that another soul should know the boundless love of God and should receive God's mercy. Even if the sins committed against us were terrible, we want them to be forgiven and for the person to be blessed. We want the one who harmed us to be healed and restored. So Christians pray for those who have offended us and express the desire for them to have joy in this life and the next. We ask God to make them genuinely happy and to give them whatever they need to be happy and fulfilled. Father Blount says, perhaps the person who harmed us has their own sufferings. If so, we ask them to be healed. Perhaps they suffer or suffered from alcoholism or other addictions. Perhaps they were harmed and need their own healing. So we pray that they would be delivered from illness and sickness. In this step, Father Blount says, true forgiveness begins to flow. Now that I have forgiven the person who harmed me, I begin to see everything in a new light. Then another little prayer. To bless someone, make an act of the will. Again, by this prayer, I bless you and say the name richly in the name of Jesus Christ now and forever. So think about that hardened relationship you may have had, that broken, fractured relationship where the other person you still can't get that anger or that the hardness of heart out of your own heart, pray, I bless you, whatever the name of the person is, I bless you richly in the name of Jesus Christ now and forever, and mean it. Then Father says, give thanks always. The next step is difficult. 
It's a call to maturity, a call to sanctity. It's a saintly step because it requires that we see things as the friends of God, the saints see things. In this third step, I begin to find Christ despite suffering wounds. We begin by recalling that God's holy will is both causative and permissive. God is the cause of all good things in my life when he brings blessings into my life. Other times he is permissive, allowing bad things to happen. It may be that God has allowed me to become wounded. God uses my wounds and my pain to teach me humility and dependence on him alone. Through them, I turn to him and he heals me. Thus my wounds, even though not caused by God, can be transformed into my medicine. We can think our persecutors because our persecutors awaken us to the goodness of God. Through my suffering, I've learned much about charity, the true nature of the deepest kind of love. And with this perspective, we can even begin to thank God for our wounds. With God's healing grace, we can recognize that it is precisely because of our wounds that we have found salvation. Though we never ask for persecutions and wounds, they can be a channel for us of the grace of a good and bountiful harvest. To give thanks to God, make an act of the will. Again, the prayer. I thank you, Lord, and I thank you. Name the person for the wounds that heal. I thank you, Lord, and I thank you. Name the person for the wound that heals. Then finally, praise the Lord. In the fourth and final step of forgiveness, we give praise directly to God. Here we turn our thoughts to the glorious reign of God's heavenly kingdom, bowing down before God to praise him for all that he has given us. We acknowledge our Lord himself as the source of all our life. God is the all-loving divine physician who for our good and eternal salvation comes to our aid in the midst of sin and suffering. We praise and thank Almighty God for all our wounds and sufferings. In this perfect wisdom, he has designed everything for my good, here and in eternity. By praising him, we return all that we are and all that we have suffered to God, the source of all that is good in life. This step, this step completes our forgiveness and leads us to perfect acceptance of God's holy will. All is in his hands, ordered and arrayed by his divine providence. All is well in my soul. And then another prayer to praise God, to make this act of the will in prayer. I praise you, Lord, and your blessed mother, and I glorify you for your heavenly plan that is saving me and healing me to perfect joy. So those four steps, my friends. You know, we talk about Lent and all the things that we're giving up. Here's a positive a positive uh, spiritual activity where you're not giving up, well, you are giving up your, your anger, your hardness of heart, your pride, whatever's preventing you from entering into forgiveness for whatever reason. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, forgiveness means that we're going to get back to the way we were, 
and, you know, running hand in hand down the merry lane, it may not be that way. You may have that true forgiveness and that reconciliation and that, that understanding. But it doesn't mean you have to, you know, necessarily um, all of a sudden be the way it was because maybe it can't be that way for a while. You have to forgive. We have to forgive. We, we, we can't harbor. And that forgiveness sometimes, you know, I've, I've had situations in my life, believe it or not, where people just didn't like me. <laughs> For one reason or another, or vice versa. But in a situation where there was a deep, deep hurt. I can think of two situations in particular, deep, deeply hurt. And, you know, my, one of my many character flaws, as, and it may have to do with my, my, and this is no, you know, generalization of Italians, but <laughs> sometimes we Italians, we have a, you know, a, a vendetta side. <laughs> That's wrong. But it can create a, a, a wall, a, a, a prideful wall of, of letting go and forgiving and moving forward, you know. But I, in, in these two situations that I can think of in my own life, particular situations, it just and has required and is requiring still in some ways a lot of prayer for the other person. Just pray for that other person. Pray that I see them in heaven. Pray that their life is blessed. Pray that, similar to what Father Blount is saying here, to bless someone to, in, in, as a step toward forgiveness. It may not always be easy, and you may, you may not ever see that person again. You may not, you know, have a, a a physical or personal reconciliation, but you have a spiritual one, where the reconciliation is complete. I forgive them, and, and, and I pray their life is a blessed one. And I pray I see them in heaven someday. Last thing you want to do is be on one side of the gates of heaven, on the other side see the person who you still haven't forgiven. <laughs> You're not going to get in. Lord will say, wait out here. My own theory. but you know, Mother Angelica would say that. She think we, could, we, we all imagine ourselves, you know, by God's grace, ending up with him forever in heaven. And you get there and you see people up there who say, what are you doing here? And they look at you and say, what are you doing here? We're all imperfect. We all sin. We're all fallen. But this is a great season, this beautiful season of Lent, to really live that part of the Our Father that we pray regularly, daily, sometimes multiple times each day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We have to live that and mean it. Can't just say it and not really take it seriously. Better take it seriously. We're asking God to forgive us the way we forgive other people. That's pretty serious in itself, isn't it? You know, we... We're all guilty in one way or another. 
And we all need to really, as we pray that prayer, it's a great way to live that uh, verse out of the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And to realize that the Lord is a man of his word. <laughs> he, he will take us at our word. All right, then. I will forgive you the way you forgive others. And if we're unforgiving, it's very serious. So there's four steps. You probably Google it. I don't know how I found it, found it. But uh, Father Jim Blount, uh, an exorcist, teaches four steps to forgive. You want to check it out. Uh, you can look it up. An exorcist teaches four steps to forgive. Father James Blount, Father Jim Blount. Um, and a nice little exercise for Lent. A nice, nice little way to, uh, uh, you know, take some of your time. And I'm hoping that, and I'm trying to do it, and I'm not always successful, but trying to really at night just making time, you know, where I normally might be watching cable news or something, just shut it off and pick up good holy reading, something, prayer, whatever. Of course, I have in conversation with God right next to me at my little place there at home where I sit and uh, um, Paul Thigpen's manual for, for spiritual warfare, because <laughs> we have to know our enemy, um, our true enemy, and uh, other spiritual readings and books by Father Groeschel. So, you know, try to take that time, make that, that, that place of solitude, that place in the desert, you know, where you can go during this Lenten season and spend that time alone in solitude with the Lord. You'll see what a great benefit that'll be. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow, God willing. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you. And God love you. you